Welcome to Loving People to the Cross. I'm Pastor Tom Crandall. I'm so excited that you've joined us today. I hope and pray that this word from the Lord encourages you and uplifts you in your spirit. And I hope it draws you to walk closer with Him. Remember, after the podcast, stick around for one more message from me, your host, Pastor Tom Crandall. God bless you, my friend. You know, grace is the basis of the Christian faith. We can all agree on that. We believe we are saved by faith through grace. God's grace is usually defined as an undeserved favor. Grace cannot be earned. We can agree on that. It's not even deserved. It is something that is freely given. We count on God's grace to build this bridge for our relationship with Christ Jesus. Bible verses about grace abound all the way back to the the old foundational messages of the Old Testament. We know grace is a part of God's character. He is a loving, gracious God. We say it all the time. It's something we stand on, we talk about often. We we even hear people say that all the time. Well, by God's grace, by God's grace. But in the New Testament, we learn the role of grace. And our salvation. As we experience God's grace in our lives and we seek to be more like Jesus, sometimes we miss out on the key factor. Being gracious toward other people. Having grace with one another. Having grace-filled hearts and lives that prompt to share God's word. Paul paints this picture in Hebrews chapter 4, if you will. If you have your Bible this morning, I want to invite you to turn you to have you turn there, I'll get my words out in a minute. Hebrews chapter 4 is where we're going to be at this morning, verses 15 through 16. And over the years, I want to paint, paint this picture for you really quickly that the book of Hebrews, a lot of people give Paul credit for it, but nobody really knows who wrote the book of Hebrews. They go all the way into the book of Hebrews and they go into, I think it's 13 and 23 where it says, Our dear brother Timothy. And we know that if we look at the writings of the book of Hebrews and we look at the foundational coverage of it, a lot of it is familiar with what Paul would write, what Paul would say, how Paul would talk in certain dialects, if you will, the way he would break things down. But in verse 15, it says this, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. I want to point something out really quickly that when Jesus was tempted, he was tempted at all points. It didn't say some parts. He was tempted in some ways. He, he may have been tempted here, but he wasn't tempted here. He was tempted at all points, but yet was without sin. Jesus, our high priest, our mediator with God, if you will, he, he has full access to the Father entirely. And we have this foundation that is laid right here. And we have to understand one thing, the reality of what happens here, what we are facing. In fact, Jesus went through struggles with himself. He experienced many things that some of us have experienced. I remember as I, the first time I read the story of the rich young man. Jesus said, he says, what must I do to follow you? He said, go and sell everything you want and follow me. Well, can I bury my father first? No, that's the other thing you own to follow me. 
A lot of people go, how, how crazy is that? Jesus wouldn't even give him an opportunity to go and bury his father. Nowhere in Scripture tells us that his father was dead yet. Nowhere. Nowhere in Scripture tells us that this young man's dad had already died and Jesus was like, no, you can't bury him, but the dead bury the dead. And a lot of people go, well, his dad must have been dead. Nowhere in Scripture implicates that his dad was already dead. He just said, I want to wait a minute because I want to bury my father. Because the reality is in those eras, in that time, in that, that time frame, it was tradition for people to wait until their dad died and get the inheritance then and do whatever they had to do. Even they would get married, and what would they do? They would build a room onto the father's house of the groom. And that's where they would live until the dad died. Then he would get his inheritance. Y'all, our, our, our spiritual father, our spiritual dad, our spiritual papa is alive and well. <coughs> By the grace of God, he is alive and well. But Jesus experienced temptation at all points and yet was without sin. And we look around and we think that some of the temptation that we fight, some of the temptation that we battle is some of the hardest things to get over in life. But it's not. We find problematic reasons not to do what God has called us to do. We can come up with excuse after excuse to do the things that we're called to do. Well, I'm not doing that because that's not who I am. I'm not doing this because I'm not this and I'm not that and I'm not doing it. Stop, stop. Stop making excuses. We claim to have grace in our lives, but yet we walk around bitter and angry. Well, I'm not bitter. I'm not angry. Let somebody push your button and we'll find out. You know, there's people in your lives right now, they just, their, their main objective in life is to push your button to see how you'll react. Amen? There are people in your, in your path who, who their main objective in life is to tick you off. Well, I didn't intentionally upset you, did I? Well, you know you did. Come on, man. I'm going to be real with you this morning. We're going down that rabbit hole. We, we, we have a problem as a Christian culture. People upset us and all of a sudden we can't have nothing to do with it. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to be around them. I don't even want to, I don't even want to hear their voice because by George, they made me mad. Get over you. Thank God it's not about you. Well, I can't do this because of this and I can't do that because of this. Stop. It's not about you. It's not about me. The same grace that we're given, we should show. Because guess what? You don't deserve it either. I don't deserve it. You can't earn it. Grace is not something that you go into and you say, you know what? I need grace from you. I need undeserved favor. I need your unmerited favor so I can live my life. It don't work that way. Grace is undeserved. We don't deserve the grace of God. At all. But for some reason, we think we do. And we look at people who give us understanding and wisdom and knowledge. When can we trust that our high priest Jesus understands what we're going through completely? Remember, this is the man that went into the temple. Hold on a minute, it gets good. He goes into the temple. 
And I, 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 I like to play it out in my mind when I read the word. He walks in the temple and I imagine that he walks out and he looks. He says, what in God's carnation are you people doing? And he just starts flipping tables. He cleans house. We don't want we don't want people to come in our our spiritual home, our spiritual dwelling, and begin to flip tables because it will make us uncomfortable. It's not designed about how we want things to be. It's designed by how God says that it should be. Listen to me. There are so many people in our lives right now whose modern goal every day maybe it's unintentional. Maybe it's unintentional. I don't know. That's between them and God. To say, you know what? I want to see what I can do to upset people today. I want to. I want to make things about me. So if I make it about me, I don't have to show them grace. Because if I show them grace, God forbid, I'll not be a Christian. Nobody thinks like that, right? Wrong. Grace is given freely. We don't deserve it. Not a person under the sound of my voice deserves grace. Not a person under the sound of my voice deserves unmerited favor. Not a person under the sound of my voice deserves the, the love and the mercy and, and the grace that God has given us. We did not deserve to have Jesus go and die on the cross for us so that we could have eternal life with him. We did not deserve that. Nothing we can do, nothing we can say, nothing that we are will ever paint out this defined picture that we deserve Jesus. I'll wait a second. If one person can tell me why we deserve the grace of God, I'll close this Bible and look in the service. No one can. Verse 15 says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was at all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. I want to point something out real quick. There's one key word there, or a couple key words, and it starts the feeling of our infirmities. Did you notice that he's not worried about how we're feeling in order to bless us? He's not worried about how you feel in life. He said, I don't need you to have a feeling to know that I love you. I'm not worried about what you feel like. I'm worried about who I have called you to be. Imagine really quickly let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Let us become for the throne of room of grace boldly, not arrogantly. Oh, this is where it gets good. It's not arrogance, ladies and gentlemen. It's not rudeness. It's not self-tempered. It's not envy. It's not boastful. I'll tell you what, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Totally off script. Totally. Second Corinthians chapter 13. We know it as the love chapter. We know it as the the chapter that I said 13. So the first Corinthians, not second Corinthians, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. 
Though I speak with tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I become as a sounding brass or thinking symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my, my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, I am have not charity, it promiseth me nothing. Charity suffereth long in his kind, charity envieth not, charity vaunteth not, itself is not puffed up, doeth not itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, it is easily provoked, it is not easily provoked, sorry, thinketh no evil, evil, rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Catch this. Charity never faileth, but whether there is to be property, they, prophecy, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, catch this. When that which is perfect, then which in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put a child in <coughs> For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know the part, but then I shall be even also as I am known. Catch this. You know what that word charity means? When you break it down, love. Love. You know, I had, a, I had a, a, a judge this past week as he was in a, a hearing and it, it was just, it, it, I don't know if y'all are familiar with OPs, this order of protection, and, and mama was mad at kids and kids were mad at mama and it was just a mess and they wanted an order of protection because they had whatever going on. And he says, I want y'all to understand something. I want y'all to get this. He said, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, it says, And now abide faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. The greatest thing that we have is love, and love is for one another, not for people to go around and go, I love you, so you have to do what I say, when I want you to, how I want you to, and if you don't, that means you don't have grace for me, and if you don't have grace for me, you must not be really a Christian. I'm going to say this this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Dale, do y'all trust me? I know I ask that question a lot. Don't I? You, you want to know what's dangerous in the society that we live in? Is a bunch of people who mistake boldness for arrogance. <laughs> A lot of people who mistake grace for rudeness. Because when you go back to that word grace, Waylon is such a beautiful word. Because that word ties into charity. And charity ties into love. And if you tie it all together, it all goes back to Jesus. We as a culture. <coughs> we as a culture of men and women of God. Are failing. Richard said, What? We are failing. Yesterday, I stood there and 
And Miss Jenny was standing there as well. And this lady walks up, and I, I, we began this conversation. And she said, "I'm over religion." I said, "Me too. I'm sick of religion. I'm sick of man-made religion. Sick of it. Been sick of it for years." Her eyes got really big, and she said, "Really? Didn't she?" She said, "Really? Yeah." Because it's not about religion. It's about Jesus. I don't care what poster you paint with it or what picture you paint with it or, or what, what beautiful scenery that you paint with it. Religious is useless. Preacher said what? Religion is useless. There's only one true religion to take care of the widows and orphans. Amen? We can go back to the book of James. I've got scripture to back that up. Y'all realize that the religious people are the ones that hung Jesus on the cross. The religious people, the religious propaganda. I didn't finish my notes. I don't even know why I'm making these things. Religious propaganda has filled our churches from day one. If it's not done my way, I'm not going there. If I don't want it, I don't want it this way because it makes me mad to see that. Stop! Pastor, you sound angry. I'm going to tell you what. It is okay to have righteous anger. Amen? I am so sick of having to teepee toe around. I'm just going to call it what it is, Terry Bear. Okay, honey? I'm so sick of... I'm going to look at you because I know you won't slap me right now. I'm so sick of teepee toeing around. Sissy-fied, panty-waisted, limp-wristed, pushing. Yes, I said it. We don't want to know that hell's real. We don't want to know that hell's hot. Why? Grace gives us the ability to love on people right where they're at. I want you to leave encouraged. I want you to leave built up. I want you to leave going, man, I feel good after that message. But if you don't leave this place with some type of conviction in your heart, I failed you as a pastor. Amen? If you come into this place and all you want is your ears soothed and you want your head rubbed in a warm bottle of milk I'm not the guy Amen I have for so long sat back here after year and I have seen people's lives changed I've seen people crawl literally have you ever seen somebody on their hands and knees crawl to the altar that's going to change your life. I watched as that young lady stepped out of that pew that day and she got on her hands and knees and crawled to the altar. She said, I need, I need help. I can't do this anymore. I've been, been a Christian for years. She said, I've been in church my entire life. She said, but I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired. She said, my ears have been tickled for years by the preaching of different pastors. Those were her words, not mine. She said, I've, I've sat under amazing pastors who had all of the qualities that you look for in a pastor. They would call, they would visit, they would do all of those things, but when they got up on Sunday morning, they tickled my ears. 
There was no grace in preaching. There was no boldness going into the throne room, not arrogance. I thought this morning as I got up, I was getting ready. I had no clue the Holy Spirit was going to wreck me this morning halfway here. And I began to have some thoughts run through my mind that I haven't thought about in a long time. What is it like when people come together and they get into the Word of God and they begin to, to seek out His face? They begin to find Him for who He is, not what they want Him to be. What is it like when the people of God come together and they say, you know what? I'm not worried about everything else. I want to know Jesus. I want to know Him for who He is. I want to know Him for what He says I am. I want to know what He has called me to. That is grace. You want your life changed this morning, ladies and gentlemen? It's not just selling out to Jesus. It's not just saying, you know what? I want more of Him, less of me. A lot of people quote John 3.30 and they go, you know, well, it says He must increase and I must decrease. You better go in there and you better dissect that. That passage very good and very quickly. Because it's so much more than you just going away. That means all of you has to die. In order for him to increase in your life, you have to get rid of everything. Jazzling. In order to have a, a more fundamental relationship with Jesus. In order to have a more, more impromptu relationship with him. You have to seek him for who he is. You cannot, listen to me. We have spent so much time tippy-toeing, Miss Gloria, that all we've done is made sissified Christians. Don't hurt my feelings with the truth. Don't preach the gospel for what it is because you might hurt someone. If you get offended because of this, ask yourself this question. Am I even saved? Amen? Where'd Winnie go? Okay. Both of y'all. I'm getting ready to close. And we're going to help her sing this song. Amen? Grace isn't prideful. It's not rude. It's not arrogant. It's not puffed up. It's gentle. It's kind. And it's undeserved. Amen. Y'all stand with me. Hey, it's Pastor Tom. I hope and pray this message touched your heart. And maybe even today you're asking yourself, do I know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? You know, oftentimes in life, we find ourselves in the mix of life. And life is hard. It's difficult. But if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and today you say, you know what? I want to do that. I want to accept Jesus. 
I want to know Him on a more intimate level. If that's you, my friend, today, I want to pray with you. Simply just pray this. Father God, I know I'm a sinner. I ask you to send Jesus to come and dwell in my heart and to be the Lord of my life. I know that I'm in need of a Savior, and without Him, I would be nothing. Amen. My friend, today, if you prayed that prayer, I want to hear from you. You can email me at pastortomcrandall at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. I want to send you a Bible. I want to send you some, some information on how to continue to walk with Christ. I love you, my friend. All the angels in heaven are rejoicing with you. God bless you.